season one, episode 13, the one with the boobies. All right, here he comes. Galen! Hello! Hello! Thank you for joining our friend's podcast. Is that what we're doing? It's very professional. Oh, wait. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll bleep you. Wait, are you really going to bleep? Yeah, we bleep any word that's not in the show. <laughs> but what if I say conundrum and they've never used the word conundrum in the show? No, just like Merriam-Webster curse words, basically. Oh, you mean not just if the word exists in the Friends lexicon, but if the censors at that time would have permitted it to be broadcast. Correct, yes. Because those are very different things. Because if you're comparing the entire youth words used in the Friends compendium, I don't think that's the right word to use a compendium. It's mostly be so that they don't have to click the explicit box, mm -hmm. which will make it so less people listen to us. Mm -hmm. That seems fair. <laughs> that's the only reason. Our viewership is pretty narrow at this point, so we're really trying to get and our friends. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. In high school, we were best friends. And now that we're old, we're still best friends. And we both really love the show Friends. We love it so much that we thought we'd rewatch it together and tell you all about it. So join us to find out all the details that two people who weren't there can find out from the internet. Could there, Could there be, be better, better friends watching Friends? The definition of compendium, a collection of concise but detailed information about a particular subject, especially in a book or other publication, I don't think I used it correctly. It like kind of works, but not really. You're basically a human compendium. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> take it. It's good. I should pour a cocktail for this, shouldn't I? At least two, probably. <laughs> or a mug full of wine. There will be plenty of time. This derails quite often, so. No. Yeah. Everything is welcome. We basically just go through the episode and talk about it and make fun of it. Mm -hmm. And fawn over it and cry over it. Yeah. And then Sarah makes it like sound really good and cohesive. <laughs> okay, so when we start, usually we, we have like, sometimes we have back facts or like sometimes Ashley and I watch shows like Temptation Island or things that are like really important to catch up on. So tell us about you. Tell us some Galen facts. Why are you here? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm super good at talking. And I think that's part of my introduction. Like, word use, super stellar all the time. I am here because I adore both of you. And randomly, I think seven years ago, one of you sent me a text to do this podcast. And we scheduled it for today. Right? Yeah, we like to plan way in advance. Way in advance. The best part is that you had seven years of warning and you watched the episode about 26 minutes ago. Yes, because it is 26 minutes long. So I definitely started it 26 minutes before I signed on to the Zoom. Uh, I'm not proud of that. That's okay. I have not listened to the podcast. I don't think you've told me what it's called. That might have been our bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you invite a guest on your podcast, I guess you should inform them what it is called. That might be professional courtesy <laughs> yeah well i think this is way more fun why are you here today i'm like oh i barely know sarah do you have some trivia for galen i do so galen i have the friends trivia board game of course um, that i've never played but we just ask each other the questions each week and so this week you get to answer them it's five questions sounds right are you, you think you're up for it 
Oh, absolutely not. Okay, perfect. <laughs> we, we're never up for it either. And we, mo and we mostly get them wrong. Perfect. That doesn't make me nervous at all. The two people who host a Friends Appreciation podcast feel miserably. I am going in for zero out of five. Let's do this. Okay, number one. What TV event captivated Chandler the weekend he and Monica went away together? The Westminster Dog Show. Ooh, no, because Chandler's afraid of dogs, so he'd never watch that. Is it a sporting event? No, he's not a big sports person. Ashley knows. Well, you're either driving, which I think is a sport, or you're milking something. What the <laughs> fuck is he watching? It was a, a high-speed car chase. Okay, what does Joey construct using Ross's moving boxes? The obvious answer is a fort. Yeah. Great job. And did it go out into the, the hallway? No, it did not. But they did dress up inside of it as like, a, there was like a cowboy or something. And a prairie lady hat. <laughs> Have you ever been in a fort without a dress code? Like, of course they did. Okay. Uh, when Ross moves in with Chandler and Joey, what song does he put on their answering machine? Is it Mr. Sandman by the Cordettes? It is not. That's a good guess, though. Can I have a hint? There was a movie done about this band in the last couple of years that was very popular. So I haven't watched an up-to-date movie in a very long time. <laughs> What's a movie? It's a Queen song. How about that? I'm sure it's We Are the Champions, but I really want it to be Fat Bottom Girls. Um, they're both wrong. It's We okay. Will Rock You. <laughs> we will, we will call you back. He's the worst. Okay, what was the name of the health inspector that Phoebe dated? It's got to be a funny name, right? Probably not. It, yeah, I wouldn't have known this one. It is, it's just like, seems like a normal it's name. It's just like a random name? <laughs> Steve Schwartzman. Um, just Larry. God damn it. So <laughs> close. It's Okay. Okay, when Ross moved in, where did Joey and Chandler have to move the foosball table? Hallway? Nope. Bathroom? Nope. One of their bedrooms? Yep. That's annoying. Joey's room. <laughs> and their bedrooms are already like three feet by three feet, so that's not going to work at all. <laughs> right. Although we just had an episode a few back, the first one where we see Chandler's room, and it is like the most massive bedroom I've ever seen in my entire life. Their real estate and apartments is just infuriating, especially for our generation. I think it's very triggering. Yes. And later we find out that these spaces start large and then they shrink later. <laughs> Throughout the existence of the show. Yeah. Yeah, it happened in the first in the first few episodes with the girls' balcony. The first episode, it was like ginormous, and then it shrunk to like a third of the size. Yeah. Okay, so that's funny because in this episode that we're going to analyze, at one point, there are people at the ta dinner table, there's somebody on the couches, and then Joey's back in like the random walkway seating area, second dining area. And there's like a solid eight feet between him and the couches. Just for a use of space, I don't approve of it. Also, I don't understand why the couches are in the middle of walking pathways. We have a lot of issues with that space over by the, the window, the seating bench, how there's just like a desk in front of it and random chairs. It's all very upsetting. And do we ever see somebody sitting over there reading in the natural light? So remember that deleted scene with Monica and her dad? They're having a drink over there. 
Oh yeah, they're having like whiskey. And then in this one, you can see Joey in the background eating peanut butter sitting with in that his, chair. With his finger. Oh, but I'm just saying, you have this like great little reading area and they're not doing it. Well, and like there are times where we see them sitting on the bench seat and there's nothing in front of it seemingly. But right now there's just like all this garbage in front of it. You can't even get to the seat. Ugh. Very infuriating. I think they only read in the coffee shop and they read very weird <laughs> magazines. I saw that Ross was reading The New Yorker in this episode in the coffee shop, which, fair enough, he's, is he a professor at that point where he's like on that track, like, it, it tracks that he would read The New Yorker, but I'm sorry, nobody reads The New Yorker casually while having conversations with people. Just put it down. <laughs> if people already don't like you, you're not going to impress them more with this. Yeah, okay, so on that note, do you have a favorite friend in general? I'm torn. It usually ends up with Phoebe because at like at the if you boil it all down, I think she's the kindest and the most like good-hearted of them all. My raging crush on Jennifer Aniston um, is really hard to overlook. But especially in hindsight, a lot of her personality traits Rachel's, not Jennifer Aniston, haven't met her personally. A lot of Rachel's personality traits are really annoying. But I think in the long run, I want to hang out with Joey. You know what you're getting. Sure, he might be late for something and eat something weird, but he's going to cause the least headaches, I think. As long as you are not financially dependent on him. So that's my long way of saying I actually think it's going out. No, I agree. I think Joey has the most fun, is the like good hearted and like well intentioned. And I love him. <laughs> I have a lot of issues with Ross. And then I have a lot of issues with Monica. So maybe it's their family dynamic. Yeah. Maybe it's their upbringing that made him so neurotic, but um, not a big fan of either. I love that they share neuroses. Like they're they're basically the two like weird like wackiest in terms of issues, <laughs> and they're yeah. all tied up together. I gotta if we're using the word wacky for issues, that's yeah. gotta go for Phoebe. That's true. Just, okay, I agree with you until you use the word wacky, okay. and I'm like nothing about Ross is wacky, creating <laughs> exhausting, annoying. <laughs> emotionally crippled, all of these, yes. But wacky, I think wacky is Phoebe running through Central Park like a psychopath. Oh, oh I God. love that. She's so honest and pure. Yeah. Like she is, that's why I love her, is that she's just like the true epitome of like, she didn't lose any of her like childlike qualities. Well, and like from a therapy perspective, she didn't get to have a childhood. So she's having that, like she kept her childlike personality in adulthood. So what yeah. Ashley is looking for is really a Peter Pan situation where everybody is just trapped in perpetual adolescence. No, I don't want, I don't want to be trapped in perpetual adolescence. That would be terrible. No, but trapped in the honesty of childhood. Okay. I'll take that. Yeah. The first time I went running with our friend Karen, she told me that she thought I would run more like Phoebe and that she was surprised I ran so normal. 
it's not the worst thing somebody's ever said, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's an insult. I'm not sure it's a compliment either. Yeah. I think also Ashley and I have come to the conclusion that basically I am all of Ross's family in one person. <laughs> no, I like you. Oh, thank you. I think you're less you're less Monica. You're you lean a little more heavily towards Ross. Yeah. But you're not you haven't fully embraced Rostin. I definitely don't have the jealousy portion, that's for sure. Okay, I'll hit you with a summary. Rachel tries to get even with Chandler after he walks into her apartment and gets a peek at her breasts. After Joey's father comes to visit, Joey discovers that his father is cheating on his mother and has been for the last six years. And the gang hates Phoebe's new therapist boyfriend because of his annoying analysis of their lives. That really sums it up. Great job. That was succinct. Well done. I'm learning so much tonight. We really know a lot. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that part. I just... You should. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of science, Ashley, <laughs> when did this episode air? Oh my God, that transition. Wow. Can wow. we make sure they are all that smooth? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Sarah, I'm so glad you asked. It was January 19th, 1995, and the writers were Crane and Kaufman, director Alan Meyerson, who also was a director on the Larry Sanders show. I have a little fact, a little perky fact for us. Oh, this is where I put in the bong sound. This is the one appearance of Joey's parents, and I just wanted to give a little bit of a layout of all of the parents that have made an appearance across the, the canon. Wait, in the entire show, this is the only time they... The only time you see Joey's parents. The dynamic wasn't super engaging, but I feel like especially the mistress and the dad, just right for comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The parents add such like insight into the main characters and why they are why they why they are who they are. Mm -hmm. And I just I felt like I wanted a little more of Joey parents to explain who he is. So fun fact about the dad, he actually is he was in the Joey spinoff that happened after Friends as Joey's dad. Oh. But I didn't watch that because it was crap. Yeah, I tried really hard and I couldn't. We want to support his other endeavors, but not interested. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So we all we know that Monica and Ross's parents were like the parents of the show, um, and they win with um, Jack appears in twenty episodes and Judy appears in nineteen across the whole series. Chandler's mom, the writer. Nora Tyler Bing appears in two episodes while his father appears in two two other episodes as well. His mom's only in two? She's only in two. I really wish there had been more dad in the show. At the I'm... same time, I know they were kind of pushing the limits at the time for yeah. a character arc like that. But But she's amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
And then Rachel's mother makes three appearances and her father appears in four episodes. I don't like him. I don't either. He's he's the worst. But I will say for casting and writing, they did a really good job of writing and casting parents that it makes sense that they created people that way. Yes. Agreed. Yes. I absolutely love Chandler's parents just to like make up who he, like all of his neuroses <laughs> into one person. But like in terms of loving just the whole family dynamic, Jack and Judy take the cake. What about Phoebe's mom? How many is she in? Phoebe's mom makes three appearance appearances and her father only is in the one. Okay. The one episode. Okay. What's great is I'm just Googling all these to remember their faces as you're talking. <laughs> I don't remember the buffets for some reason. Oh, really? Uh-uh. I remember so, Frank. Frank Jr. Jr. So, good point. Yes, it is Frank Jr. <laughs> also, speaking of, I did not know Joey was a junior. I didn't remember that. I didn't either. Hmm. Interesting. Can we just talk about the mistress? Because she was phenomenal. Her name is Lee Garlington. And she was on, here's just a quick list. West Wing, Seventh Heaven, CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, Will and Grace, Matlock, Quantum Leap, Home Improvement, Roseanne, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, and Two and a Half Men. And she also played the part of Rose's daughter in the final season of Golden Girls. Okay, so her jacket. Oh, man, I am so excited. I may vomit. My notes say hate it or love it. Because <laughs> I can't decide. The one in the hallway. The Jaguar leopard print later. But I'm talking initial in the hallway. It's like a safety blanket almost. I thought it looked like Blade, like Blade Runner. If Blade Runner was made in like the 50s. Or remember, like, the brand Claire's? Yes. 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 Like, it should if, have been also bejeweled. Yes. In a way. With the little, what was the Trapper Keeper company? The, the Lisa Frank. Yeah. But not yeah. quite much neon. Because I'm looking at it, it's a lot of dark colors that are somehow shiny, which you really don't see that often. Yeah. It's somehow quilted. It looks like it's foil, and it's somehow quilted, too. Yeah, maybe it was a like a, a, a an aliens or a, a monsters uh, coat in Star Trek. It does really look like the alien costume that would be on a, an old Saturday Night Live skit when they didn't have the budget that they do now. Yeah, I mean, like it's shiny and kind of metallic looking. That's futuristic. Yeah. Um, just so, like, a little backstory, I call everything in Star Trek a monster, and Ashley really likes Star Trek, and I don't know anything about it, so I'm like, oh, it's like a Star Trek monster, <laughs> so I don't know about it. <laughs> and weirdly, a lot of people who've guested on Friends have been in Star Trek, and so it's taken me a while to learn which one Ashley likes, and I learned it by, like, she likes the one that goes ting, which is TNG, the next generation. That's well, the best one by far. It's the best one. So that's and someone in the show spoiler alert was in ting so it's coming yeah i'll tell you when we get there and we've already talked a lot 
extensively about my love of Patrick Stewart. Yeah. I mean, that should be a way we screen for terrorists. If we don't <laughs> like him, you're like, oh, just go to jail right now. Yeah. Get out. And if you see photos of his friendship with Sir Ian McKellen, yes. and you immediately go like, oh, I love you guys. That's, yeah. That like makes the world worth living. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I've said it before. I would follow him into a black hole, even not on Star Trek, just in regular life. I'd be like, sure, I'll go there with you. That's fine. I trust you. <laughs> I like that clarification. <laughs> okay, one more fact about Ronnie, the, the actress. Um, she was originally supposed to play the lead female in Seinfeld. Wait, what? Elaine? So she was the female regular in the pilot episode, the Seinfeld Chronicles. She played a waitress named Claire at Pete's Luncheonette. And when the series was picked up, uh, they decided that having the female lead be from such a different social status compared to the rest of the cast was unworkable. And so they dropped Claire and added Elaine. Oh my God, if I was this actress, I would figure <laughs> out who made that decision and haunt their world. Right. You're like, okay, so I'm not a main. Maybe I'm a season series regular almost every episode. No? I just love that she was wearing like two different kinds, like two different prints of leopard print. Is she? Her bag was a leopard print and her jacket was a different leopard print. That's a different kind of confidence that yeah. I just don't have. She pulled it off. Especially with the cheese nibs. Yeah. Uh, I love anybody who's a snacker. She had her book out reading in the hallway, like just eating her snacks. What I also like about that is just the, the patients. We're not high maintenance. But I'm here to see somebody. They get here when they get here. Granted, I don't think cell phones exist in this part of the universe yet. Right. And so what else are you going to do? But she doesn't have Joey's cell phone, so. No. Um, I love her blasé, just like confidence of going into the girl's apartment being like, so Chandler's in the shower and he said I could use your your shower. So can I can I just come in and shower? And they're just like, who are you? Okay. As soon as you said that, though, it brings up a social anxiety of mine that existed more in childhood, but still does now. Is that when somebody you know, like, oh, just go to this house or just go at a party, just go over and talk to them. Like, it's fine. Like, how about how about you introduce me? Yeah, but, it's, but it's not fine. <laughs> the thing is, if it's like if one of you two said, hey, I've got a friend who's coming through through Napa. And can you just, can they just, I don't know, pop in because they need something like, yeah, just have them show up because you told me. But if I was that person coming to this house, I'd be like, that's awkward, but I'm just knocking on the door. Okay. And then worst case scenario, you knock on the door and just like Monica, you're like, who are you? No, you can't use my shower, you psychopath. I don't even like Ashley and Sarah. Who's Ashley and Sarah? They do this to me every week. Every week a new stranger shows up to my door asking to use my shower. How do I even find that many people in the small town I live in in Napa Valley that are willing to come to my door as a joke? In a pandemic. In a pandemic. Can we talk about another fashion thing in this episode that made me want to die? 
We love talking about fashion. Okay, first off, Roger as a whole is a douche. aside, like, oh my God, he sucks so much. Yeah. And in my notes, in four different spots, it just says Roger sucks. Roger sucks. Roger sucks. Because basically every time his character pops on the screen, I'm like, oh, this guy sucks. But anyway, did you notice that when he's in the girl's apartment, that he's wearing slacks, V-neck with white shirt underneath, but has a hanging wallet chain. Oh, no. I know. No. Just horrible. Get out. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Like, anyone who goes by the name Raj, too, I, I can't. I can't. I'm so sorry. I just, I hate that guy. And I, I know that that's, like, the last line of, I, I just realized as it came out of my mouth that that was the last line of the episode. But I have a real problem with Phoebe's line before that when she's just like, and we could be so good together. I was like, no, you can't. No. He sucks. Yeah. He sucks a lot. Yeah. He made you lay down on his lap. I hate. I hated that. When he oh. patted his lap? Whoa. <laughs> As a therapist, I had a lot of issues with, like, how unethical this behavior was. I was very upset. Oh, just as a human, I don't want to watch anyone <laughs> pat their lap. Even with children, don't pat your lap. Gesture the child over. Maybe mall Santas can pat laps. Ugh. No, even that's creepy. Even then, like, go out to the kneecap. Like, we don't need to be patting laps. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd still rather, like, a warm come hither gesture. But also, if, if if the elves at the ball Santa setup are doing their goddamn jobs right, Santa doesn't have to lower himself to that kind of pedestrian behavior, and the kid just comes to him. He's the star. Right. I didn't know I felt this strongly about this, but apparently I do. That's a fair point. Uh, like, he, he could give a shit if they come sit on his lap. They're the ones asking for stuff, so... Hurry it along. Like, this is my least favorite time of year. Okay, I'm like just rewinding to the very, very beginning of this episode. And this may be more a question for Ashley, but like, has any female ever actually walked around in her apartment with a towel around her waist, using another one to like gingerly cover your boobs and dry your hair? Like, is that a thing anyone does? No, that was purely strategic prop placement. Yeah. Like, that was not, that was not. Also, they were tiny towels. Yeah. Like, those were not full-size towels. No. I need a bath sheet. I do not do... I can't do a bath towel. It's got to be a sheet. Wait. Yeah, I mean... Wait, wait, sorry. <laughs> What's a bath sheet? I'm That's, just using context clues that it's bigger than a normal towel. Bigger, yeah. but the same material. It's not yeah, sheet material. No, they're right? called bath sheets. Oh, my God. Ashley, can you imagine if we just found out that for her entire <laughs> life, Sarah using bed sheets as towels so it's That's like how do we stay friends with you after we learn this I, I was like sarah you know there's better material than sheets <laughs> to dry yourself i mean like yes it's important sheet. but it, it, it loses that so quickly oh no oh no oh god there's probably a sitcom right there 
I, I did like when Chandler said it's a relatively open weave and <laughs> he could still see that nipular region. In that scene, did you see Chandler's giant oversized like beige knapsack of a jacket? Oh no, I was staring at his poo stain of a tie. That was giantly wide. Just, I mean, the jackets fit miserably, but that tie, oh. I was like, are there caterpillars on it? I don't understand what the like white splotches, I almost said something really bad. Splotches. I'll just go with splotches. Perfect. I'm like, what is that? There's also on top of the fridge when he jumps, which he jumps really high in the air. I was very impressed with his vertical abilities. But on top of the fridge, there's like what looks to be a vase filled with orange cheese puffs. I Oh, I missed that. Good catch. Oh, it's when he jumps in the air and you see Rachel from behind. And it's like right on top of the fridge. And it's like a vase shape. It looks like it might have a lid but it's glass and clear and it's it's not that big like you could not hold a bag of cheese puffs but i do have a still of rachel running into her bedroom and that towel is coming is like at waist level and comes to like maybe mid thigh and i'm six foot tall (laughs) and if that towel came waist to mid thigh it's a really narrow tide towel to begin with and I don't think she and I are the same size like I'm pretty confident on that which means this towel is like a solid eight inches wide well it's not any normal size towel I was trying to figure out it's not a hand towel it's not a bath mat and it's not a full-size towel where did it come from the prop department for just scandalous enough that it's okay that it Mm -hmm. still kind of looks like a towel yeah. It looked almost like it was folded in half and then tied around her waist. Oh. I don't know if you can see that on the still, but it looked like at the bottom there were maybe two edges, but I... <laughs> Your attention to detail is spot on today. Mine? Yes. Oh, thank you. All the things that matter, for sure. Then we're in the coffee shop. And can we talk about the public displays of affection between Roger, who sucks. But like, I don't like public displays of affection, but especially like the the weird, like almost paternal way he talks to her is just so skin crawlingly gross. And then he does the side forehead kiss and says, I'll miss you or something. Oh. Like, how long are we supposed to assume they've been dating? If he's, they're already calling each other honey and sweetie. Like, he appears to be at least 35 years older than her. (laughs) (laughs) All very upsetting. I don't think he's that much older. He's just, like, they're, when the girls are talking and they're like, oh, yeah, he's cute. I wrote, he's not cute. (laughs) Great correction. Real, real skeevy vibes. Yes. Can you imagine? If you got referred to him as a therapist and like walked in the room, you're like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> you cannot be trusted with my deepest, darkest secrets. No. Much less my emotional well-being. Oh, and he probably just has that. He just has one chair and he's just patting his lap when you walk in the door. Oh, no. 
Ew, no, 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 right. no. Oh, God. So that's on seven. Though I did like that BB said, leave so we can talk about you. I thought that was cute. And it's like, we know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I like the reality of it. Yeah. Pure honesty. Yeah. So Court happened to like walk through the room a couple times. I have some great Court quotes from this episode. Um, but when he saw Roger, Court goes, there's a reason that guy's on the show. He was big in the 80s. Look him up. I've never seen this person before. I recognize him from a bunch of things, but I think he's one of those character actors as you read things off, I'm going to go, oh yeah, him. But I also feel like I don't like him in anything, which Uh, that's got to suck. I mean, it made him (laughs) money, but being the character actor, like we need somebody who as soon as you appear on screen, people are like, I don't like him. (laughs) Well, here's the thing about him in real life that will make you like even, just like him even as a real person. Oh, it's fun. Yeah, so his his name is Fisher Stevens. Do you want to guess what his name, what name he was born with? That's his stage name, Fisher Stevens. Larry. <laughs> that was a great guess. <laughs> it's going to be so infuriating. Wait till you hear it. So his stage name is Fisher Stevens. He was born Stephen Fisher. <laughs> okay, listeners, I know this is an audio medium. But both Ashley and I, our faces just like immediately fell and soured. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. So it's going great so far with him. Uh, He apparently is an actor, director, producer, and writer. All self-build. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's best known for playing Ben Jabatuya in Short Circuit and the sequel Short Circuit Two, where his character was actually renamed Ben. Javeri. Court starts screaming, yes, yes, that's where we know him from. And I was like, who's we? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a collective organism like the board. <laughs> Call out for Ashley. Uh, is that a monster on Star Trek? Some sort? Oh, it's a collective of monsters. Okay. Because it's both singular and plural, I think you're right, Sarah, while also kind of being wrong. Congratulations. That's not new to me. Um, (laughs) Okay, this guy won an Academy Award for the best documentary feature for his film, The Cove, in 2010. He did The Cove? The Japanese whaling one? Apparently. I never heard of it. It's really depressing. (laughs) And here's just a little fantastic info from IMDb, who always just has the best helpful things written. Um, despite having lived in New York City for more than a decade, where with some other actors, Stevens started an off, off, off Broadway theater company called Naked Angels, he insists he is still a fan of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, great job, IMDb. <laughs> Good bio. Well, he sucks in real life, too. <laughs> However, The Cove was a main purpose of the video uh, of the documentary to with help put pressure to call to action to halt mass dolphin kills and captures oh Oh, that movie yes well i guess that's a plus for him then okay i mean we're all complicated human beings one he changed his name from stephen fisher to fisher stevens and that's like that's a pretty bad negative but (laughs) he helped expose like a ongoing atrocity. So, samesies, right? 
Do you think that he changed his name to Fisher when he started working on that movie? No, but that'd be funny. Um, Ross is getting so pouty, and his stupid face is so pouty, and he's really annoying. Um, I love, I loved that when he hears that Chandler saw Rachel's breasts, he gets, like, so upset. Yeah. He just sits there with his magazine, and is just like, ugh, <laughs> But then when Joey's dad says something, and he, like, weirdly puts his head on Chandler's shoulder, I just don't think he's good at processing emotion very well no no he's not he's so fidgety yeah he's so fidgety this whole time he doesn't like know what to do yeah can we get to like the major issue with the episode we are grown adults that keep saying boobies over and over again and then at one point say pee pee i have such a big Uh, issue with the pee pee i i can't it's a it's offensive in so many ways I'm okay with the kind of classic sitcom trope of the back and forth trying to, this happened to me, so we even it out, but I don't like the word boobies. And I didn't even like the word boobies when I was 13. Like, come on, man. <laughs> but Phoebe calls him out and is like, you don't like her boobies, you like her breasts. <laughs> yeah. Read. Yeah. And then Rachel got so snotty being offended that her breasts are just nice, that they're not better than nice. But in that scenario, what's he supposed to say? Because like anything else, it's uncomfortable and creepy. He's trapped. Can you not say penis on a sitcom, on like a primetime sitcom? Oh, I'm sure you can. I think you can use all the biologic terms. I don't understand why they didn't. No Americans, the word penis and the word vagina are going to make them go, nope, 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 nope. Well, we learned like early on when we started this that Friends was censored more than a lot of other shows on the air for some reason. They were not allowed to even show a condom wrapper. Um, And everyone was like, but it's safe set. Like, isn't that a good thing? And they they had a lot of censorship for some reason that other shows like on the same network didn't have. Interesting. Like Seinfeld was on at the same time as Friends and they were way more risque. Yeah. Maybe they weren't allowed to say penis. I thought Rachel looked really cute again in her coffee shop attire. She continues to crush her coffee shop outfits. She seems to pull off horrible 90s fashion better than anybody else on the show. (laughs) But Phoebe near the end where she's in like one Technicolor dream coat of drab colors. (laughs) Oh my God. I have to find what Court said about that. Wait, is that Phoebe? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Court said it... You'll both appreciate this. He said, Phoebe has an earthy 90s outfit. It looks more Nevada City than New York City. (laughs) Spot on. Spot on. Strong patchouli vibes. Her jacket looks like really old school, like Victorian drapes or (laughs) furniture coverings that have been turned into a jacket. I said, Phoebe's outfit has so many patterns my eyes bled a little (laughs) jacket scarf dress ew i also like that you read that in complete deadpan made my eyes want to bleed i am outraged by this i feel emotion like normal human (laughs) i'm a monster i'm a monster with emotion oh buster don't talk like that 
Oh my god. Um, speaking of monsters, do you want to know who was on Star Trek Ting? Yeah. Joey's dad. Really? Yes. He played Slade Bender in the episode called Manhunt. I don't know that that well. He's been in basically everything. So, movies, Saturday Night Fever, Die Hard 2, Dick Tracy, Total Recall, City Slickers. TV, he was in The Bob Newhart Show, Rhoda, White Shadow, Charlie's Angels, Family Ties, ALF, Twilight Zone, Murder, She Wrote, Night Court, Columbo, Quantum Leap, Fresh Prince, NYPD Blue, Keenan and Kel, Murphy Brown, The Nanny, Party of Five, Caroline in the City, Rugrats, Teen Angel, Ally McBeal, Boston Legal, Hannah Montana, Days of Our Lives, Will and Grace, CSI, Reno 911, and Modern Family. So basically all the TV. Every show. He just handed, he just handed his agent the TV guy and was like, <laughs> one of everything, please. He's also done a ton of animated voiceover work. He's, he was in Family Guy and he did the Fairly Odd Parents. But the, my favorite thing about him is that he often serves as a voice double for Danny DeVito. He does. I didn't notice his voice, but I felt like he has Danny DeVito-esque vibes. Strong. Yeah. Who is also on Friends. The long arm of the law. <laughs> <laughs> he was a stripper. I do love, though, that, that Joey's dad, the casting... He did a good job, like, sharing his aloof, good-time nature. Like, they, they, they matched them up very well that way. Yeah. Except, okay, so counter to that, one of my notes says, Joey's mom, sex positive or trauma victim? And I think it's trauma victim. Sounds like dad's a big raging, yelling, possibly violent, and it took a side piece for him to just treat her with basic decency. Galen, I was really confused by the whole, like, being okay with the mistress thing, too. Because I'm like, this isn't, like, healthy. Yeah. He, like, he like They're not Polly. No. No. He, he shouldn't need to bang someone else to be nice to you. That's not really a healthy thing to do. And then don't get mad at your kid because he found out and like ruined whatever whatever <laughs> fantasy like delusion that you're living in. Stood up for his mom. She's in a cycle of violence. First of all, Joey's cooking, which was really unsettling. Yeah, he's cooking. Does he know how to cook? I was really concerned about the chopping. Thank you. Joey's knife technique? is horrible. Oh, he's about to lose a finger. And he kept looking at his dad while he was chopping, and I was like, oh, guy, oh, no. <laughs> and he seemed to be chopping the mushrooms instead of long ways, so that it's like stem and top. He chopped it from top down, so that some pieces are just stems. I mean, I hate mushrooms. I don't eat them. But do people enjoy just mushroom stem? No. It's my only part of the mushroom I eat. Galen's a trained chef, everyone. So. All my dishes. Mushroom stem focused. <laughs> also, I don't think that he has a re there's a real stove in that on that set because did you notice the flame? It was actual fire. That is not a gas flame either. That was like no. that was like fire. That was like a grease fire. <laughs> and then he took the hot pan and put it right on the laminate countertop. Galen, what's your professional opinion? 
Is that like a high-tech cook stove? No, but the flame doesn't look that crazy to me. But it's not a gas stove flame. It's like actual fire. Like they just stuck like a piece of cardboard on fire in there. <laughs> I, I don't, you can almost see the little jets. Agree to disagree. How long ago did you graduate culinary school? First off, insulting. <laughs> Second, that's not germane to this conversation because we're just talking about using my eyes on a very <laughs> simple image. Oh, love you. Love you too. <laughs> Can we talk about that horrific clown, I'm guessing, cookie jar that's in their kitchen? Please. They don't make cookies. No. Why would they have a cookie jar? Also, one that's that horrible. Does it not ever pop up in a storyline? I don't think so. Their decor is questionable. There are background things that we keep finding that's like, this is troublesome. It's upsetting. It's a lot. There's too much clutter. And uh, also, just we're going to get there, but where did that hide a bed come from anybody never have seen the couch and why is it turned around towards the wall i'm like wouldn't you have a couch facing the center of the room and why is it so gross it is like pilly and rip i mean i guess that tracks with their apartment but for all of joey's positives he is not good at sharing a bed also why are they sleeping together when one could go sleep on the couch in the girl's apartment? I do not like it. When I'm sleeping with another person, I definitely sleep like Joey. I am super kicky. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot get comfortable. Oh, you're awake? Yes. It takes me like a solid 15 minutes to find, like, I'm like a dog. Like, I have oh. to, like, 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 shuffle around and, like, scoot around and fix the blankets and puff the pillow. I, I Like, I have to get my nest all ready. And if someone's already in the bed, it's probably, it's a nightmare for Tyler. <laughs> I usually go to bed first. It's good for you to understand that. That's how I like to sleep too. Just usually when I've shared a bed with somebody, I try and rein that in a little bit. No. That's fair. Uh, my problem in bed now is that, like, I was using a weighted blanket for a while, and I have a body pillow because I have so many body issues. I have to sleep with all these items. But we have a queen bed, and we're both very tall. And, like, when I'm in there and the weighted blanket's on me, like, I can't, there's no can't more moving. Move. I am stuck. I don't know how I somehow have had a California king everywhere I've lived since college. Oh. And when people are left, I've dated people who had small beds and my this is gonna work no all right <laughs> staying at your place is a nightmare i mean court's like almost six six we should have a king-size bed and we i've only ever had a queen my whole life yeah you should definitely have a king-size bed yeah you need to fix that i think that's a king-size bed was the best thing we ever did for our marriage <laughs> and if you go really crazy at alaska king it's like three times the size of a normal king I didn't know that existed. Oh, it's like above a Californian. Because <laughs> Alaska's geographically above California. <laughs> That's where I went. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> and then for a second, I was like, wait, right? <laughs> it's above. Geography up there? North. Oh my gosh, above. there's also a Wyoming king. Whoa. So an Eastern king 
is 76 inches wide by 80 inches long. A California king is narrower, 72 instead of 76, but is longer, 84 instead of 80. A Wyoming king, full seven by seven, 84 inches by 84 inches. Alaskan king, nine by nine, nine by nine. You could host a party on one side and have your other guests fall asleep on the other. Nine by nine? Okay, because I've never lived in another state. If you go to Alaska, can you buy Alaskan king sheets? Like living in California, you can buy California king sheets? Or is it like something you have to special order? Is it common? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, how many people have a house big enough to have a nine by nine bed in it? Mo um, our rooms are 10 by 10. It would take <laughs> up the whole room. Oh my God, an actual bedroom. This is my bedroom. <laughs> like when you and I lived together and we literally had a bedroom. Our beds touched. That was when we were young and that stuff seemed great. I rented places like that where the, I had a queen bed in it and the queen bed touch the walls on three sides and then the door as you open brushed the other side and I just had a channel the exact width of a door but it was cheap well that was enlightening I'm here to share very important details we go back to the girls apartment and I really dislike that Monica and Joy are wearing basically the same black turtleneck I don't like turtlenecks to begin with I was looking at his gray one. Oh, the gray one is awful. <laughs> and then this is like when um, when Ross is like getting psychoanalyzed by Raj um, and hating him. That in the background is when you can see Joey in the chair eating peanut butter with his fingers, which in a later season, I don't know if you remember this, when Monica and Chandler are picking out appetizers for their wedding and Joey adds one, it's called peanut butter fingers. Clarification point. I live by myself. And I like peanut butter. At no point have I wanted to consume the peanut butter by just gratuitously shoving my digits into the jar when spoons and knives are readily available. So I make a peanut butter smoothie pretty much every morning for breakfast. And I use a spoon to scoop the peanut butter out. And then I get like so grossed out that I have to wipe the spoon with my hand. And then I like, I like, you know, claw my way over to the sink so I can wash it off. Okay, don't get that either. I get in trouble if I don't clean the spoon off. Someone gets mad. Put the spoon in your mouth. But I don't want a mouthful of peanut butter. That's what Court says too. I don't want a mouthful of peanut butter. Tyler eats bowls of peanut butter. Oh God. He also eats soggy cereal. <laughs> but a bowl of peanut butter? That is not the receptacle or <laughs> vessel I want nor the party. <laughs> He sprinkles in chocolate chips. But still, like, what size bowl? <laughs> a cereal bowl. <laughs> oh, no. But it's not full. I, I, God, I hope not. It's still an unhealthy amount of peanut butter. Oh, you use the phrase bowl of peanut butter? We've established it's an unhealthy amount. <laughs> now we're just going for gradations of like, is this like me having a second bowl of ice cream unhealthy? Or am I carrying the half gallon of ice cream into the shower to shame while crying unhealthy. Monica 
Monica was making fresh cookies at some point. And then when it, when like Raj leaves, she's eating a plate of Fig Newtons. Like, why are you not eating your delicious cookies? The cookies they threw, definitely not the ones she made. No, 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 no. She was making like, looked like chocolate chip cookies. Granted, all that talk of failure might have caused her to throw that batter away and shame eat a store-bought product. Or she ate all of the cookie dough. Oh, I agree with cookie dough. Can we talk about pet taxidermy? Sure. They just made her a pet taxidermist. Like, I'm like, okay. I am both horrified, but I also find it so inherently funny that the idea that she didn't come back as a repeat guest, yeah. even just for the occasional, like, here's the thing I'm working on. She's so good. I mean, Joey does when he gets all that money, he gets that apartment and fills it with like weird dog statues and stuff, lots of weird animal things. That would have been a great time to bring Ronnie back and give him a gift for his apartment. With, like, oh, yeah. Taxidermy. He does not have good taste. No. But here's another item from Court. When we're back at the boys' apartment and they're in the bed, Court goes, oh, he's got a great New York Giants graphic t-shirt on. So there's one style point for him. I, aside from like not understanding where on earth that couch came from that I've never seen before and we never see again, I love that when Joey has like principles and he's like sticking to his principles and he's like, this is not right. Go to my room. Totally disagree. Oh. But not for the principles part. Why would you want them in your house. Ooh. Can we talk about Monica and how she eats pizza at the end? Again, I think I've referred to almost every character in the show as a psychopath in this conversation, but again, she eats pizza like a psychopath. Wait, why? How does she eat pizza? I did not notice so that. She takes a piece and she's got the crust facing away from her. And then while talking, she's like struggling to rip the piece in half, which first off, what the hell is this pizza made of? Let's talk to the prop department about that. Or is her upper body strength so minimal that ripping a piece of pizza is trying? Both are concerning, both for the quality of the prop department and or her bone and muscle density that we need to worry about her. But then she like rips off shreds and while they're talking, she's like eating little bird bites with her fingers. And I'm sorry, this is set in New York and I feel like that's a state crime yeah. to eat pizza that way. Just fold it. Just fold it like a taco. Joey, if you go to Mark 21 minutes and 15 seconds, he eats pizza like a reasonable person. <laughs> Maybe Monica's like lost all oxygen to her head because of that outfit she was wearing with the real tight collared white shirt with the like schoolgirl dress. What was that outfit happening? It's almost, almost at the like, the tropes are annoying, but like the naughty librarian yeah. or the like yeah. sexy librarian or like the sexy pencil skirt business. You know what I'm talking about. Except devoid of all the sex. Yep, it, it's like, we know where we're aiming, and we missed. And we've got like this weird Victorian doll collar 
she's the doll that came alive, haunted people's dreams, and then 30 years later, she's made friends in New York, but has not changed her wardrobe. And that's why she can't eat pizza right, because she's really just an old, creepy, porcelain Victorian doll that came to life. Fan fiction time, somebody write that up. There's also at this point, Mon or Rachel says, it's pee pee time. Oh. I just, it's really upsetting. Phrase is just. Not... I don't. I don't like it. And I think the other reason that it's so uncomfortable. One, no one should say that. <laughs> but there's times in sitcoms where, of course, the scenario is not real. This is TV. But it's so. No one would say that. Correct. No one would say that. So I also want to know who was in that writers' room, and who said okay. Well, and especially in front of Joey's dad. Doesn't she say it as she's going into the bathroom and the only other person in the room is Joey's dad? Doesn't she ask him, like, where's Chandler? Yeah, and then she's like, it's pee-pee time. And I'm like, ugh. Oh. You wouldn't say that to your son. You're like, it's pee-pee time, buddy. <laughs> no. I wouldn't say that to myself. <laughs> I hope not, what? Galen. <laughs> wait, wait, what would the scenario... Now, wait, I'm taking that back because what would... When would I even talk to myself that way? To get ready? I came up with a time where it's okay to pat the lap for animals. Oh. Oh, totally. Yeah. And they love it. They They're do. like, oh, a lap. Yay. Oh, okay. I love these. Do you want to know about Joey's mom? Yep. Yes. Okay. Friend of Vaccaro, V-A-C-C-A-R-O. Her career has spanned over half a century. She got an Academy Award nomination, three Golden Globe Award nominations, and won one, and got four Primetime Emmy Award nominations and three Tony Award nominations. She was in the female version of The Odd Couple and in a movie with Dustin Hoffman and John Voight called Midnight Cowboy. A classic. She was also in St. Elsewhere, Murder, She Wrote, Golden Girls, Columbo, Touched by an Angel, King, King of Queens, and Nip Tuck. Did you ever watch Nip Tuck, Galen? I did not. Oh. It was real trashy. I got into it. That tracks. Did you note the Sting reference by Mrs. Tribbiani? Uh-huh. But that is the go-to sex symbol for her. I found very intriguing. Well, especially because Sting is in, comes into Friends later when they go to the concert. And like, and also, um, ben, like Ross's son Ben Sting, Sting's son is in his class at school, so they try and like orchestrate a, a reason to connect with um, Sting and Mrs. Sting. It's really Trudy, and they also sing. Phoebe's like Ross can. <laughs> she wants tickets. That's right. So she's yeah. singing that to Ross. And a couple episodes ago, they use a police song as a trans, like an extended transition because, and I don't remember what we said about this, but like Courtney Cox's like great aunt's nephew's cousin's son or something to that effect uh, is related to Sting. Or married to. Or married, yeah. To someone in the band or something? I don't know. There's a, there's a very vague reference and so the police and Sting pop up in episodes of Friends quite a bit. I have 
two more topics that I want to cover. So the first one, the idea of catching a parent cheating is so mortifying. Okay, Galen, the whole like kid becoming the parent, but also seeing your parents like become human yeah, and seeing like them like fail and make mistakes. It was such a head trip to me because I remember, I remember in my twenties that moment when something shifted and I was like, Oh my God, my parents are not just my parents. They're like people. And I, and I remember like for like half a decade trying to fix them being like, why don't you do this? Why don't you just like stop doing that destructive thing that you're doing? Which is also my mantra in the morning, right in the mirror. (laughs) Why don't you stop that, Galen? (laughs) But you like, you try and you try and you're like, they're people now. So I have to tell them what they're doing wrong because I see it now. And they're just like, honey, no, like this is who we are. This isn't going to change at all. And I, I was seeing that evolution and like flashing back in my own life that whole time when he's just like, why do you put up with this? Like, you're better than that. Well, but I'm thinking of like the awkwardness of even finding out a friend is cheating on somebody. Mm-hmm. Just somebody important in your life that you have a reasonably high opinion of doing something that you find unacceptable and just processing that is tough. And then, but also why is dad on the goddamn phone with his mistress in the middle of, that's just sloppy. It is very sloppy. (laughs) I mean, he's got six years of this. You'd think he'd have better strategies or has he just become so complacent that- uh, He just doesn't care. (laughs) He's just like, whatever. They haven't picked up on it yet. They won't now. Okay. And then the other topic, and I think this one will be even more fun, when a friend of yours is dating an ass. Like a friend of yours, we all know somebody who kind of dated a Raj. Different versions of Raj. But you're just like, cool. Yeah. So you like this person. You kind of try and hint like, oh, what do you... What's the best thing about them? (laughs) Like anything? So I'm thinking about somebody in my past, and it's not either of you, so that narrows it down more. Can you imagine? I just start airing dirty laundry right here, and you're like, Galen, that was me. Hey, that sounds familiar. Huh. At first, it was just frustrating. Kind of like Raj in the coffee shop where you're like, this guy, okay. But then, red flag. But then with the events, like a dinner or a party, and all of a sudden, like, I really want person A, my friend, to be there, and they are inextricably tied. Ugh. But also, like, why do they not See the horridness of this person. And then I want to be the positive friend. So, okay, what am I missing? Maybe, you know, how many times have I met this person? We're not all our best on our first interaction with somebody. So, what? And then party number four, you're like, oh, you just suck. 
<laughs> I'm not missing anything. Got the complete picture right up front. I just don't like you. I love that you give them such a chance because I think I initially am like, well, I don't like you. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens in my inner monologue. But again, yeah. then I second guess myself so much. Uh, okay, wait. We got to give them a chance. I should learn to be more like you. I mean. So, wait, did you ever confront this person about your true feelings of their 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 current partner, their then partner? No, but I thought I was going to have to. I thought we were getting there. And then I don't remember the specific. I feel like there was some kind of event or interaction between the two of them that precipitated, precipitated a quick end. But I also knew okay. that the friend had picked up on it when they would ask if the significant other could attend things. Oh, so they knew. And then that really sucked because then I'm like, I mean, if I invite Ashley to something, Tyler is implicitly invited. That's how it works. Unless it's like your, your Temptation Island like sleepover thing that you guys were doing where also, yeah and he's like i'm out also so clearly <laughs> like that's a two that's a two-person friend catching up thing or i don't care about that go have fun yeah <laughs> nobody else wants to do that this is my nightmare <laughs> i've thought about this for family dinners for friend dinners but i just had a dinner party recently and when someone's like, hey, you know, can I bring a friend? And I'm kind of like, how cool is your friend? Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, oh, I want to be open-minded and open to meeting new people and blah, 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 blah. But there is that, the counter with somebody, when you know the person being brought really is not just a Debbie Downer, like is serious, will seriously <laughs> hinder the dynamic. Like Rod's ruined, he ruins each thing he attends. Yeah. And at what point do you, well, they they had a blow up in the coffee shop telling her they, that he sucked. That might not have been the best way to handle it, but. Well, and then Raj was like, he hates all of them and they're big coffee cups that might as well have nipples on them. And I was like, what? Is that because this is the booby episode? Like why do the cups have nipples? I think they were going for like the, the psychologist Freudian thing. Oh, yeah, like all been they're all that. holding giant coffee, oh. coffee. And maybe I'm reading too much into it that they're purposely showing further how bad a therapist and how what a basic bitch he is and thinks like these are that he's insightful and has good critiques of anything. I really don't like him if I haven't made that clear. One thing that we always do in each episode is like who of the six friends who won the episode and who's the worst. Oh. Sometimes we go to se you know secondary characters because it's just so clear, but we all know Raj sucks, so we have to we can't count him. Ross, it's always Ross. <laughs> it's often Ross. Yeah. He also didn't contribute to the episode that much, and the little he did was not great. That's fair. I think Joey's the winner. One, 
he's not purposely trying to see other people naked, which is a really uncomfortable dynamic. Even though he would love to. Of course, yes. Who doesn't like seeing naked people? That's a pretty common human condition. But, oh, also, sorry, aside, do they not lock their doors? No, they don't. The door is only locked when it's convenient to the plot to be locked. This is not safe. Lefty. Exactly. Right, Lefty. Okay, if I have people in my house, I'm not expecting them to be super creepers and barge in me, barge in on me in the bathroom. I still lock the door just in case somebody's not paying attention. Am I extra paranoid? Sure. Did I have friends in college who loved to catch you while you're showering or using the facilities to throw something at you? Absolutely. Is that carryover trauma? Let's not get into it too much. But you know what? No, to that point, when I am home and there aren't little people around, I like for in the rare occasion that I find myself alone in my house, I still lock the front door if I'm going to take a shower just in case someone happens to walk into my house, which has never happened. Um, I came up here and the door, this door to this room was shut. And the, when that window's open, sometimes the cross breeze, like, I guess could shut it. But I came up and like, we've been home and I was like, had to check every corner of this room. Like someone yeah. could be in here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you don't want to be caught. Yeah. Every time I come into my house, I grab a large item and I go room by room yeah. and clear it like I'm the FBI. I yell at a lefty. He does nothing. So turn, clear, turn, clear. Yeah, like none of us have any kind of neuroses at all. We're all doing great. <laughs> We're all very normal. Okay, so Joey was the winner. Ashley, you agree? Um, I, th I think Joey was the winner because I honestly think that Phoebe lost. I think Phoebe lost this episode because she even, like, had anything, any kind of liking of Raj. Yeah. Like, it took her that long to realize that he sucked. Like, well, no. And like you said at the end, she was like, we could be really good together, but I hate him. No, like, you couldn't, because uh, he sucks. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I agree. I like I liked that Joey, I like that Joey won because he tried. He tried to understand his parents. He tried to, like do the thing that he thought was good by like keeping Joey senior and Ronnie in different rooms. Like he tried to kind of be the parent. And in his simplicity, he, he, he does have a moral code. It might be overly simplistic, but like, I find that he rarely does damage. Like he might not be helping, but he's not doing active damage. Um, I thought yeah. his care for his mother, however the exact explanation was handled, but I I feel this, this way strongly. Friends, family, whatever. But if you learn something about somebody that is negative, it is not Trump. Like you don't ignore it because previously things have been done nicely. But that is something you tackle and deal with. And I thought he handled that very well. 
Also, I forgot to say this. His mom was a fantastic actress, I thought. She was, like, out acting Joey, for sure, I thought. Because, like, she was a different character. I didn't say she's won, like, a Tony and an Oscar and a bunch of other things. (laughs) Well, fair. But (laughs) I thought she was great. The very last note I have is just the booby payback expressed from the tag. A great way to go out. Did anyone note all of the ways that everyone saw everyone naked? So it's Chandler to Rachel, Rachel to Joey. Joey to Monica, Monica to Chandler. No, no Monica to, to Joey to Senior. Joey Senior. Also, Joey did barge in on somebody. I got that wrong. And then it says in this, Mr. Triviani sees Ronnie and Mrs. Triviani naked, but Phoebe no longer oh. sees Raj naked. <laughs> oh, Ew, I don't want to, nobody wants to see that. Let's cut that. That was a terrible way to end. <laughs> Any parting thoughts, Galen? Anything that, this is like what people do at the end of podcasts, like do you want to promote something? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to promote my own mental health, but I think we've lost it at this point. So we know that I'm going to be dealing with scars and spiral after this. after effects of this conversation for some time. So are we still friends? I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's really how our friendship's been the whole time anyway. Touch and go. <laughs> Just hanging by a thread at all times. <laughs> you know what? If you're if you're feeling really down, let us know and we'll send you TikTok videos. I've told you you can send me TikTok videos at all times. I don't even know how to do TikTok. Sarah, I just created a better friends TikTok account. What? So that we could do TikTok videos. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it, but I can't even figure out how to repost what you post on Instagram. I'm like, how do I how do I also show this thing? I need help. <laughs> so I posted one one video already, but I feel like I don't know all the TikTok transitions. So I'm gonna have to do some TikTok research. So does that mean you're like dancing or something? Like what does it mean to make a TikTok? You can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. No, like the transitions, like you do this. And then it like comes back and you're like, oh, another, like I went like this and it comes back and it's you. Or what? So- <laughs> you did that? No, but I want oh. to. <laughs> no, but I want to. Oh my gosh. Any If any Gen Z listens to this, they're just going to die and turn this off. Please help us. To make sure to put this Far enough into the episode that they have hopefully found us charming enough at this point where they just roll their eyes and don't press stop. I have nothing to promote. I will not be doing any live shows in the near future. Um, Pretty much everything has been sold out recently. So if any tickets become available, I'll let people know. But they won't be offered to either of us first, right? (laughs) No, I got to make money. Uh... Except for like VIPs. <laughs> I don't know if we've earned it. <laughs> but follow Professor Lefty's on Wobbles on Instagram. I have not posted in a year and a half, but there's some good back material to scan through. It's all worth it. And also, though, didn't you recently start your own business? I did. I'm in the middle of a delightful existential crisis of figuring out what I want to do with my life after. Uh, 
my place of work. Things ended abruptly that were out of my control, which uh, was a nice cherry on the Sunday for 2020. But it did happen a day and a half before Christmas, which was just chef's kiss delightful. I really recommend filling out an unemployment application on Christmas mm. Day. It just gives it that je ne sais quoi. Would you be willing to come back in in some episodes and be a guest again? I love the trepidation that you had in your voice while we're asking that. How was your experience? <laughs> so let's see how the mental trauma goes. And like, absolutely. No, the answer is absolutely. But one, I just like seeing you too. So whether it's recorded or not, honestly, I'm happy. I don't have a really good sign off. Um, didn't think about a tagline or anything or a catchphrase. We usually just say bye, friends. Oh, that seems that seems reasonable. It's reasonable for 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 our podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Galen, it was such a pleasure to have you yeah. on our podcast as our first guest, and we're so grateful that you um, indulged us. I think I can safely say that this was a life changing experience for me, and this may have been arguably the most impactful two hours and 33 minutes and 27 seconds of my life. And it's just sad that it has to come to an end. We're just not sure if it was like a good impactful or a bad impactful yet. Jury's still out. I mean, clarifying things like that, it gets awkward really quickly, but I feel <laughs> I stand by impactful. It's been real. It's been interesting. Yeah. You've been the best first guest ever, so. Yeah. It's been a unique experience that's a, a ringing endorsement right interesting sure. sure that's amazing okay on that note love you all bye galen goodbye friends bye better friends podcast is created produced edited and all the other things by ashley madden and sarah reinen please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast send us your questions to better friends watching friends at gmail.com find out more about Better Friends, please check us out on Twitter at Better Friend Pod or on Instagram at Better Friends Watching Friends. Thanks for listening.